Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, we're going to go over all of the start sits for this weekend. Uh, we're going to go over some starts. We're going to go over some desperate starts, some temper expectations, and some sits. Uh, but first, I want to go over some news. So, Zeke, yet again, he's suspended. It looks final this time, but I probably said that a few times already this year. Um, but I think this is it. I, I think he's going to be suspended. Now, he, he does have a hearing on December 1st, so there will be some arguments heard uh, around that time. So, you know, obviously things can change after that hearing. Uh, but, you know, for now he is suspended. Uh, so that means he's going to be suspended for this Sunday, uh, and he is going to be suspended for the next couple of weeks. So, um Maybe that suspension gets reduced just a little bit, but uh, we don't know. For now, he's not going to be in our lineup. So, uh, obviously, if you have Alfred Morris, he seems like the guy, you know, that's the guy that the Cowboys have been talking up uh, as the starter. Uh, but, honestly, it's very murky. Um, for me to start any of these guys this week is a little bit murky. I probably feel the most confident in, in uh, Alfred Morris for this specific week just because uh, you know, he's he's getting to work with the first team and all that, so that's the guy I feel most confident in. And, you know, things can shake up differently as we move on, uh, you know, to the next week. I'm sure, you know, like, the, the reason why, you know, Darren McFadden and Rod Smith are, you know, possibilities as the best guys in this backfield to own eventually is because, you know, the Cowboys probably want a guy who can do everything uh, back there, you know, not have somebody, you know, in the backfield who is predictable. So Alfred Morris is a guy who's predictable. Like, his best skill set is to run the ball, you know, between the tackles, um, and he is not as good as catching the ball. Someone like Darren McFadden can do both. Someone like Rod Smith can do both. Uh, You know, the thing with Rod Smith, though, you know, 
the word is that he was basically active over McFadden because of his special teams role. Uh, and McFadden doesn't, doesn't play special teams. So who knows? going to be really interesting to watch how this backfield shakes out this week. Um, going to be one of the really interesting storylines uh, of this weekend. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, let me get into some of the injuries uh, this week so you guys can be prepared. Uh, so, obviously, last night, if you saw the game, Richard Sherman, you know, he, unfortunately, he had a, a torn Achilles. He ruptured his Achilles last night. He already had, you know, a, a heel injury coming into the game. Uh, he popped up on, He popped up on the injury report on Wednesday. Uh, you know, and he's been very vocal in the past about about these short weeks, uh, you know, and, and in these short weeks, players not being able to recover in time because they just played on Sunday. So it's tough, right? It's it's something the NFL should look into. There was there were there were a number of injuries yesterday on the field. I felt like, you know, there was they were breaking through commercial like every every few minutes with a guy down, uh, which sucks. For sure, but um, you know, it was a uh, the game was the game wasn't too entertaining. Uh, you know, it's it was pretty close uh, throughout the first half into the third quarter, but then the Seahawks were able to pull away uh, and win the game. Uh, you know, the Redskins did get a touchdown super late. They tried to onside kick, but uh, to no avail. Uh, Seahawks were able to uh, go into Washington and, and no, I'm sorry, go into uh, uh, Arizona and get that win. And, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, he, he had a lot of carries, you know. Uh, and, you know, what I was saying, you know, if you follow me on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy, I was saying that he wasn't going to get the game script that he wanted in this game, which which was kind of true, uh, you know, more so in the second half once the Seahawks were able to get to a bigger lead. Uh, but he did have 20-plus carries in this game. Uh, but, you know, he couldn't get anything going. Uh, it was that short week. Uh, so... You know, it's tough. With Adrian Peterson, you, you really have to pick your spots. Uh, so, you know, I try to do my best at at doing that. Um, you know, obviously, I put out a start-sit article uh, yesterday, and, you know, Adrian Peterson was one of my sits, uh, you know, just because of that, possible, that possibility that the Seahawks go out early. And, you know, it's a lot of Andre Ellington, which he did play a lot of snaps yesterday, uh, especially in that second half, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, to expect that 32-year-old running back to, you know, to do well after he had 37 carries just four days prior, uh, you know, it didn't seem like uh, the best, you know, recipe for success. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Doug Baldwin had a decent game, almost 100 yards. He didn't score. Jimmy Graham had two touchdowns. Big game for him. He's been killing it. I mean, I think he has like six touchdowns in the last five games or something like that. He's been great. Uh, if you have him on your team, obviously, you're starting him every week at this point. Um, yeah, so let's get into some of the injuries uh, for Week Ten. Uh, Paul Richardson did end up playing yesterday. Uh, you know, I think he was on a snap count though. Uh, Chris Hogan didn't practice on Thursday. Uh, not looking good for him this week. Uh, you know, Danny Amendola seems like somebody who could step up, but he could be locked up with Chris Harris. I'm expecting a big game for these pass catching running backs like James White, Rex Burkhead. Um, you know, Gronk. You know, in the middle, Broncos have had a tough time stopping him. Uh, you know, guys like that. But uh, Emmanuel Sanders upgraded to a full practice. Uh, you know, I'm not really liking him with Brock Osweiler anyway, but, you know, if you have him uh, and you're desperate, you know, he's an okay start. Uh, Julio Jones did not practice on Thursday. I have to monitor that. You know, you, we would like to see a limited uh, session in from him at least on Friday and then monitor it, you know, as we get into the weekend uh, just to make sure he's in. I would make sure I have a backup plan just in case, though. Uh, Michael Thomas was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, he should be good to go. Um, 
you know, if he didn't get a full practice, you know, if he didn't get any practice in, then I'll be a little bit worried. But monitor him on Friday, see what happens, and then uh, monitor him throughout the weekend uh, just to make sure. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was limited at Thursday's practice with a groin injury. Now, I'm not playing T.Y. Hilton this week. I mean, he has a ridiculously tough matchup. I'm going to be talking about him a little later uh, in my sit section. A little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, Charles Clay, looking good to play Week 10. Uh, I'm plugging him right in. He's he's widely available on waivers right now. Um, I would add him on my team, even if I have another tight end. Um, I, I would add him. He could be a good flex play down the stretch, um, you know, if you need some depth there. And honestly, I think he's going to step right in and be Tyrod's favorite target once again. So uh, he's a every week start from here on out. All right. Uh, CJ Anderson, he was held out of Thursday's practice with an illness. Uh, he was held out on Wednesday because of a knee injury, but it could have been, you know, it's a lot of veterans get Wednesdays off, but uh, that's something to monitor, you know, make sure he gets a practice in on Friday if you're planning on playing him. Obviously, you know, he's not an ideal play just because of the three-man backfield, uh, you know, but the Broncos will probably try to establish the run against the Patriots to keep the ball out of that offense's hand. Uh, Demarius Thomas back uh, back to practice on Thursday. Uh, you know, he's probably the, you know, he's, He's probably the guy, you know, Brock Oswald looks towards the most. So, you know, I'm okay playing him, especially in PPR formats against this Patriots defense. Uh, let's see, anybody else? Uh, Jordan Reed, he did practice on Thursday. He might be coming back this week. So if you have Vernon Davis and you were planning on rolling him out, uh, you know, he's an okay play still, even with Jordan Reed in. But, you know, he's not as sure of a bet uh, if Jordan Reed plays. Uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, he returned to a full practice on Thursday, which is great. Um, you know, there was a scare at the beginning of the week saying he had an undisclosed injury, uh, and then that injury turned into, you know, came out to be a knee injury, and then we all got worried, but he is returning to a, he, re- he did return to a full practice on Thursday, uh, so he should be good to go this week. Uh, Des Bryant, uh, he got a, in a limited session on Thursday, he should be good to go, uh, he said that he's going to be on the field, uh, so I'm not worried about him, I'm not really going to go ahead and pick up any of those other Cowboys receivers at this point. Uh, you know, obviously monitor it. And if he doesn't play, you know, a guy like Cole Beasley uh, really would, would step in, you know, as one of Dak's favorite targets. Uh, you know, Bryce Butler would be a good flyer in DFS, for example. Uh, and then you obviously have Terrence Williams, who had a big game last week. Um, Marquise Lee back in practice on Thursday. Uh, I like Alan Hearns in this matchup as well. Um, you know, Lee has a little bit of a tougher matchup on the outside, and, and Hearns has a good matchup in the slot. So, um, you know, Lee has been getting the work, so he's got he's the guy I prefer. Uh, but, you know, he is back in practice, so he should be good to go. A guy that uh, you should kind of monitor a little bit is Matt Forte. He didn't practice on Thursday, which is a little bit concerning uh, with a knee injury. Uh, monitor him again. So, like, if he's not practicing on Friday, I would really make other plans, uh, you know, at running back. So, um, he is only an option for me in PPR, uh, just because of his work in the passing game. But just monitor him, uh, you know, throughout the weekend. You know, if he doesn't play, obviously Bilal Powell is is a start, uh, and you know he can get a lot of work. And when he when he gets touches, uh, he he produces. So um, I'm I'm liking Powell if Forte doesn't play. Okay, uh, the Colts they released Vontae Davis. I mean, he wasn't playing that great anyway. But Antonio Brown is going to put up like 400 yards in these guys this week. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got for that. So let's get into the starts. The first guy I want to talk about is Jordan Howard. Now, obviously, you don't need me to tell you to start Jordan Howard. 
But these are the matchups we love for a guy whose primary role is to run between the tackles. Now, here's this. Here's the awesome scenario. He's at home where the Bears D plays better. He's playing against an offense that can't get anything going, so the game is going to stay close. And you know he's playing against a defense that has a hard time stopping opposing offenses. So, and hard time opposing the run. So we've seen what Howard has done with volume this year. Uh, so I, I'm expecting a big week out of him. We don't need the Bears offense to light it up. We don't expect them to, but that's okay for Jordan Howard owners. You know, as long as the game stays close, Jordan Howard's going to eat. All right, uh, Jarek McKinnon. He has been getting some serious touches lately. He's averaging uh, 20 touches over the past four games. Not only that, he's averaging a touchdown per game over that time span. Now, this week, he faces a Redskins team that that is uh, 21st versus pass-catching running backs DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. Uh, and with the five catches he's averaging over the last four games, he should be able to do some damage in this game. I don't think you need me to tell you to start McKinnon either, but just wanted to point out that he's in a good spot this week. All right, Aaron Jones. I am okay playing Aaron Jones this week. You know, I understand last week he didn't, you know, he didn't get it done, but he was going up, going up against a Lions offense that could put up points, and they did. They didn't punt once. Um, so obviously, Ty Montgomery is going to come in and steal a lot of that that work uh, to try to catch up in that game. Uh, but this week, I'm okay playing him. I mean, like I said earlier about Jordan Howard, this game should be close. So neither team has a good offense or a good passing attack. So I think each team will just try to run the ball as much as possible. Aaron Jones is their primary early down back, and he's an okay start this week because of how we expect the game script to turn out. Uh, if it turns out the way we expect, we sh- he should see volume, and he should be fine this week. Orleans Darkwa, same kind of deal. Um, you know, the Giants, they're a hot mess right now, but Orleans Darkwa should see some volume against the 49ers. Darkwa is averaging 5.1 yards per carry, and the 49ers are allowing the most attempts per game. They're allowing the most rushing yards per game, and they've allowed the second most touchdowns this year on the ground. So this sets up real nice for Darkwa. Now, you know, if the Giants go out to a lead or, you know, the game even stays close, I think Darkwood can see 20-plus carries in this game, and it's hard to bench somebody who's going to see that kind of work. Uh, I'm not playing him over any studs, but you might be in a pinch, so I would roll him out, and I would feel good about it this week against the 49ers. Okay, couple receivers, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry. Carolina's a good defense, but they try to keep everything in front of them. They will allow receptions to guys like Landry and Parker. Uh, you know, and Cutler, he will test corners downfield to Parker. So he should get his as he's done in every game he's been healthy so far for this year. Um, Landry has been getting a ton of targets and is piling up catches this year. And in a PPR, he's a start almost every single week. I'm writing this section more on not being tempted to sit them because of a perceived tough matchup on paper. Uh, Parker, he's going to see more of, of Kevin Seymour who's allowed 0.44 fantasy points per route, which is pretty good for Parker. Uh, The Panthers are in the middle of the pack and allowing fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the left side of the field and in the slot. So the upside might not be there for either this week, but I'm not benching them. They should get theirs. All right, Adam Thielen. Uh, Washington, they've been great defending perimeter receivers. Um, So there should be plenty of looks going towards Adam Thielen's way. Uh, he's going to be primarily defended by Kendall Fuller, who has given up more fantasy points per route than, you know, than Josh Norman or Brashad Breeland on the perimeter. So with Stefan Diggs having his hands full with Josh Norman most of the day, I think Thielen can take advantage of a defense who's given up the third most fantasy points to slot receivers this year. 
So uh, don't leave him on your bench in what looks like a tough matchup on paper. All right, uh, Doug Baldwin, he was another one of my starts, but today's Friday already. He already played. He had a good game. Awesome. All right, a couple of desperate starts. Marlon Mack, uh, Pittsburgh, they're 10-point favorites on the road in this game, and, you know, they can put up points. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger destroy this team uh, in Indy in the past. Um, the Colts, just, they have a bad offense, right? And this adds up to a good possibility of the Colts trying to catch up in the second half, and I would expect Marlon Mack to be the guy in the field, uh, you know, most of the time while they try doing that. Uh, the Steelers, they're 17th best against pass-catching backs DVOA, so he should provide a good floor this week with some upside potential. Obviously, it's going to be tough to test those corners in that secondary, so, you know, Marlon Mack can be that guy, uh, you know, trying to make you know, bring the Coles back this week. All right, Doug Martin. Now, if he didn't get benched last week and had an okay game, he might be in the start section this week, but, you know, he got benched, so, you know, we have to approach the situation a little bit more cautiously. Now, the Jets are 18th against the run, DVOA, and I think this game stays competitive. Um, with James Winston out, the Bucks aren't going to try to win the game with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? They're going to try and establish the run with Doug Martin. The Jets aren't the best defense in the world, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can keep the Bucks in the game and provide Martin with some opportunities to get some good gains and hopefully a goal on touchdown. I'm not overreacting to the benching last week, because he can come out this week and prove that it was a mistake to bench him, you know, in my fantasy lineup this week. Um, he's still going to get the touches. Uh, he shouldn't be benched again. He probably got the message. I'm starting him this week. Uh, Alan Hearns. Casey Hayward will shadow Marquise Lee, which leaves Alan Hearns as the likely tar- target hog against the Chargers this week. Uh, Hearns, he's going to go up against Desmond King in the slot for most of the game. And that's where the Chargers are vulnerable. Uh, they've done a decent job on the perimeter with Hayward and Trevor Williams. They've allowed the 15th most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up in the slot this year and the 10th most in the last four games. Uh, King, he's allowed 0.28 fantasy points per route run, which is the most on that team. Uh, Hearns, he's a good flyer this week if you're hurting at wide receiver. All right, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Uh, You know, Watkins can get behind this defense. We saw what T.Y. Hilton was able to do last week against the Texans. Uh, We saw what Watkins is capable of. Um, you know, he caught that long touchdown against the Giants last week. He's mostly going to see Kevin Johnson on the left side of the field, who has given up, you know, uh, 0.44 fantasy points uh, per route run against him. That's that's good. That's good for Watkins. Uh, and the Texans have given up the fifth most fantasy points uh, to wide receivers lining up on that side of the field. Watkins is purely a flyer this week with the hope of a long play or two, but, you know, hopefully one of them is for a touchdown. Uh, he's not the worst flyer play this week. He's, he's one of the better ones. Uh, Jermaine Curse. So, Robert McClain was limited with a hamstring injury in Thursday's practice, so his availability is unclear. Um, and if McClain plays, he should line up across Jermaine Curse most of the game. You know, McClain's not that good, so, I mean, we're not hoping for an injury for him, like, whether he's in or not. Like, the Jets should be able to take advantage of it. Um, you know, the Bucks' defense is just banged up in general. Robbie Anderson, uh, he's going to see the Bucks, the Bucks' best corner in Brent Grimes on the right side of the field most of the night. Um, you know, he was he was back in practice as a full participant on Thursday. Now, Grimes is no, like, he's not a game-changing cornerback, but he does present a little bit of a tough challenge for Anderson, who lines up on Grimes' side of the field about 41% of the time. Um, you know, that that's going to leave Curse with the best matchup. Uh, he, he's going to be avoiding that side that Grimes plays on about 70% of the time. 
Uh, and the Bucks are giving up the fourth most and second most fantasy points to wide receivers, lining up on the left side and slot this year, respectively. So he's a good upside play this week, and um, you know I'm starting him in a couple leagues this week as well. So um, another another guy who's super risky, Martavis Bryant. He's obviously very risky, but he has some upside this week against the Colts defense, who has allowed the most 20 plus yard passing plays and the second most 40 plus yard passing plays. So. You know, you can probably say the same for Juju, but the Colts have actually done a decent job in the slot with Nate Hairston. Uh, the Colts just released Vontae Davis, and Rashawn Melvin has played well this year. Um, but the Colts, you know, they still have given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers, uh, specifically on Melvin's side. So, you know, I'm starting Bryant if you're okay taking a zero, but praying for that long touchdown. Um, it can happen this week. And, you know, there's that huge storyline of him getting benched, coming back, uh, him taking it pretty well. Um, and, you know, Tomlin's saying that they need to get him involved. So it's adding up to him possibly breaking out this week. Just saying. Adam Humphreys, uh, with Mike Evans suspended for this game against the Jets, uh, Humphreys can see an uptick in targets. He goes up against, you know, Buster Screen, who's been struggling in the nickel. Uh, you know, he's been giving up 0.35 fantasy points per route run uh, and the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers in the past four games. Uh, he should provide a nice floor in PPR leagues this week. Um, if you're in a standard league, I'm not so excited about him, to be honest. But in PPR, I think he's a good floor play. Um, I mentioned that Jordan Reed, you know, did practice, um, you know, so I would monitor that. But if he doesn't play, uh, Vernon Davis, you know, he's been getting it done this year with or without Jordan Reed. So um, I'm obviously more than happy to start him if Reed is out this week. Uh, Tyler Croft, he's Andy Dalton's second weapon in the passing game right now, uh, only to A.J. Green. He's not as touchdown dependent uh, as his perception is. Uh, obviously, Dalton looks at him uh, in the in the red zone for sure, but he has been looking at him between the twenties as well. So he's kind of becoming a little dependable. So I'm good streaming him this week if you need help at tight end. Uh, Eric Ebron, I hate putting him in this article just because it's like I hate telling people to start Ebron. He has all the gifts in the world, but he just can't put it together. But the Lions are going to go up against Cleveland this week, and there's a rule. Start your tight ends against Cleveland and New York Giant and the New York Giants. Uh, and hey, like he got it done last week. Let's roll him out there again against Cleveland. Hopefully, he catches a touchdown. Uh, he did well against the Giants, uh, so you know we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, Charles Clay. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, New Orleans. You know they've been good against tight ends, but we have to remember that Clay was Tyrod's favorite target before he got hurt. Um, he should resume that role this week. You know he is he is expected to play. Uh, monitor his injury status, obviously, but he's looking good for this week. All right, a couple of guys we should temper our expectations on. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald was one of those guys for me this week, but he, you know, he had a good game. He had a ton of targets yesterday um, and really put it together. Um, he found open spots in that zone, and he was getting it done. So uh, good for Larry. Hopefully that continues. Uh, Devin Funches, it seems like Funches has made the move to, you know, to Calvin Benjamin's former side of the field, uh, primarily with, you know, with Curtis Samuel taking his old spot on the right side of the field. Uh, assuming that this is what we should expect going forward, Funches, he can see a lot of Xavier Howard this week, who has done a pretty good job on that left side of the field. Uh, he's only given up 0.24 fantasy points per route run, and the fifth least fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on that side of the field. So Funches is going to get volume regardless, so I wouldn't overreact to the matchup. Just want to temper expectations just a little bit. Uh, you know, that upside might not be there this week. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, he should be shadowed by Tremaine Johnson, but Tom Savage will likely chuck it to Hopkins uh, like 15 times this week anyway. 
you know, Jermaine Johnson, you know, he has this perception of being the shutdown corner, but he's actually been a little bit vulnerable this year, giving up more fantasy points per route run uh, than his counterparts, you know, on that defense and being targeted more than them as well. So Hopkins can win this matchup. Uh, I wouldn't expect a huge game, you know, with the Rams not giving up a ton of fantasy points as a team to wide receivers. I think they've only given up like, you know, like maybe one guy to like being top 18 this year or something like that. So, um, you know, he might have a little bit of a floor, but I wouldn't expect the upside this week. Uh, Stefan Diggs, he spent about 54% of his routes, uh, you know, run on the right side of the field where Josh Norman spends, you know, all his time. Uh, the Redskins have given up, given up the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on Norman's side of the field. Um, but, you know, on the other side of the field, it's not so great either. They've given up the third least amount of fantasy points where Diggs lines up uh, about another 25% of the time. So he spends about 20, you know, seven, about 80% of the time uh, on the perimeter. So it's not looking like a great day for Diggs. Uh, but if he's healthy, I think we have to play him unless you have another really good option. Because he's a guy who's just he's just really talented. He's really good. So even against good corners, I'm still going to play him. Uh, Josh Doxson, he's on the verge of a breakout at some point. Um, but we you know we might have to wait for it. This week he goes up against Xavier Rhodes, uh, who's been great this season. He's only given up you know 0.2 fantasy points per route run against him this season, which is amazing. Uh, Minnesota they've allowed the third least fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the left side of the field in the past four games. So I don't love the matchup, but, you know, Doxon can make plays. All right, a couple of sits. Uh, Adrian Peterson was one of those guys, uh, you know, for obvious reasons uh, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Chris Thompson, this could be a tough game for Thompson. Uh, he's going up against a Vikings defense that is seventh best against ca- pass-catching running backs DVOA and fourth best in rush defense DV- DVOA. They're only allowing three three and a half yards per carry. Um, they might allow some receptions, so in a PPR, I'm okay, I'm okay starting him, you know, for that high floor. But the Vikings don't really give up much after the catch. So, you know, I'm tempering my expectations on, on Thompson this week. Um, you know, if you need to play him in a PPR, that's okay. But otherwise, it, it, you know, just for a floor. But otherwise, I'm sitting to him trying to find another option. Uh, Jordy Nelson, Devonta Adams, Randall Cobb. You know, there isn't going to be much of a need for the Packers to air it out against the Brown, uh, against the Bears. I expect both teams to run the ball. Uh, you know, for the game to stay close, you know, and hide their QBs as much as possible. Uh, this game starts at 1 p.m. and could be over by 3 p.m. <laughs> with the clock running the entire time, uh, you know, just be, just because of how much running I expect them to do. But uh, if I expected the Packers to be fighting from behind, I might be okay starting one of these guys, uh, you know, but the Bears offense shouldn't put up too many points for that scenario to come to fruition. So neither of these guys have upside, and I'd rather go to the waiver wire instead uh, of starting any of these guys at this point. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I'm not playing Hilton this week, even after his crazy week last week. Um, it's week 10, and he's only had three good games this year. Uh, it's easy to overreact to last week's game, but keep in mind, you know, the three good games that he had was against Cleveland, San Francisco, and Houston. You know, three very, very beatable defenses through the air. So I'm not playing him against a Steelers secondary who has shut down almost every single passing offense they faced uh, as the second-best passing defense only to Jacksonville. I mean, Matt Stafford had some success against them last week, but Jacoby Brissett, he ain't no Matt Stafford. So uh, not starting T.Y. Hilton this week. Uh, Keenan Allen, I don't like sitting Keenan Allen, but you know I think it just needs to be done at this, this point, especially this week. Uh, Jacksonville's defense is nasty. Uh, it's the best passing defense this year. It's one of the best passing defense in recent history. 
Much is made about the duo of Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye on the perimeter, but we can't sleep on Aaron Colvin. He's only allowing .17 fantasy points per route run, uh, and the least amount of fantasy points allowed from the slot in the NFL. So, not a good matchup for Allen. He's been disappointed this year. Uh, You know, he hasn't been getting the volume that we expected, so I don't see the high floor or upside this week for Keenan Allen. Now, that's all I had for the start sits this week. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. I'm also on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I. Also on Twitter at Upperhand FFB. Uh, yeah, so hit me up. Uh, you know, let me know if you have any, any more start sit questions. I'm more than happy to help. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. See ya.